The Premier League season is over, but we still have Champions League and Europa League to come, and Bet365 are offering a wide range of markets, including first, last, or anytime goal scorers. With over 45 million members, it's the world's favourite online betting company. With the Bet365 Bet Builder, you can combine match results, players to score, number of goals, and more to create your own personalised bets. And if you can't watch the games live with Bet365's Match Live feature, you can follow every moment through live graphics and text. Bet365 is the world's favourite online sport betting company. The app can be downloaded from Google Play and Apple App Store. Over 18s only, please gamble responsibly. And welcome to the Molyneux View podcast with me, Jackie Oatley, and a distraught Tim Spears in Germany. Are you okay? You all right? Oh, guten Tag, mein Fräulein. Oh, bless your little heart. Although I don't have too much sympathy. You've got air conditioning when you are. It is all over. After 383 days and 59 games, the 2019-2020 season has finally finally come to an end for Wolves with a late defeat against Spanish side Sevilla after VAR had played its part yet again. Joining Tim and me very shortly is the former Wolves winger Michael Kitely. He's incredibly passionate the last time he came on so we can only imagine how he might be feeling right now after that match. Tim, you've been there every step of the way, every step of the way. You're in China with them for goodness sake way back when. Describe your emotions right now. (sighs) Um, it's it's still quite raw, you know. It's quite raw. I was um, yeah, I was pretty, I was pretty upset at full time. It has been a long journey, like you say. China feels like about two seasons ago to me, a very long time ago. And yeah, what was it? Seventeen games in Europe. They went so far. They got all the way to Germany, two games from the final. But the blow was softened by the fact that it was a fair result. It was. It would have been a travesty. If, if Wolves had won that game, you know, from a non-Wolves point of view, it would have been a travesty. You know, it was one-way traffic. It was just a matter of when. They'd have been crawling in extra time. It was just, yes, VAR. And 88th minute is very late for a winning goal. The uh, the desolation at full time last night um, as, the, as a humongous, almighty storm exploded in Duisburg. It was uh, it was thunder. I know you guys got thunder and lightning at home as well. It was it was thunder and lightning in the distance all night, but no rain. It was just quite surreal. And then it was very shortly after full time, the heavens just opened. Romain Saiz completely flat out on his back. Cody was just inconsolable. Jimenez inconsolable. Jota straight down the tunnel. Nuno absolutely devastated. Oh, and the the staff behind the scenes as well. It's just you know, there's nothing you can say. There's nothing you can say. It's um, it doesn't get much more devastating than that, but we're gonna we're gonna try and be positive as well, Jackie. This isn't this isn't gonna be an hour of therapy. We're gonna try and be positive. It's been an amazing season. It's been an unbelievable journey. It really, really has. And that article that you wrote late, late, late into the night, entitled "Wolves' Wonderful Journey Is Over." Here's what Nuno needs to start a new dream. You can read about that on theathletic.co.uk forward slash Wolves pod for the first 30 days free. And of course, you can also hear all the Athletic podcasts ad free 
on the app. Well, I think post-match, it was all summed up pretty perfectly by Connor Cody, the captain, and Nuno, the manager. We'll go into detail of the game in a moment with Michael Kiteley. But in terms of the emotion of it all, I mean, Connor Cody is always so positive. It's always talking about the next game. But finally, there is no next game, although there is one around the corner in four and a half weeks. But he, he must have said the word gutted at least five times. That's how many I counted. He just didn't know what to say, which is so unlike him, because it is over. They'd given so much. They'd given so much energy, not just last night, obviously, but throughout 13, 13 months. It's taken an emotional toll, I think, on on these guys, and I think you saw a flavour of that last night at full time. But they gave they gave so much. They were th- they were so committed last night. They were throwing their bodies at everything. The amount of life saving blocks and Herculean tackles that that they were putting in, and then to lose it late. I mean, from a standing back. And looking at the game as a whole, you know, there was a lot of frustration from supporters as, as, you know, why couldn't Wolves attack? Why aren't they doing more? But from a player's point of view, they were just desperate to hang in, desperate to get to extra time and fully believing that they could win it. So to then lose it in the 88th minute and yeah, Connor obviously wears his heart on his sleeve and um, absolutely distraught because, you know, this was this was... This was the biggest game of his career. This was the biggest game of quite a few of their careers. I don't think that can be forgotten. You know, Ruben Vinagra, Matt Doherty, Connor Cody, Willie Bolly, Jota probably as well. These guys haven't, Traore, these guys haven't played in games as big as this before. I know we've, you've got Matinho and Patricio and Jimenez, you know, been there, done it. And that, I think that helped. They weren't overawed last night. They weren't nervous because a lot of these guys have played in big games. A lot of them have, but some of them haven't. And you could see, yeah, that they were just so devastated at full time. And it, it'll take, um, as, as, as Cody said, it'll take a while to get over. Nuno talking afterwards about being proud, but pointedly he talked about recruitment, didn't he? Well... This squad isn't big enough, doesn't have enough depth. Very, very, evident. very, very interesting post-match Nuno. I mean, it was this was pre-planned, I think. I think these were things he wanted to say whenever the club got knocked out. You know, ignored VAR as he always does and sort of got right down to it and basically said... We need players. We need players to be stronger. I know that's very obvious. But he's, he's. I think in his mind, he's thinking last summer's recruitment was very poor. You know, they made four signings last summer and there's only one who's making an impact and he's not even in the first team. You know, Pedro Neto. Jordao's not involved. Catroni came and went. They can't do that again. I've written that in this piece this morning. They cannot do that again or they'll go backwards. So this is a... I know it's like, it's like, wow, we've just done 13 months. We've just done 59 games. Give us a bit of time off, but you know, no. There's a short transfer window. There's three weeks to go till they'll be right in the middle of pre-season on the eve of the next campaign. They need bodies in soon. And um, an interesting quote. He said, you know, there's a lot of players that have been here since the start, he said. Now, normally when he talks about that, it's in glowing terms, as in these guys have been here since day one. This is the journey. This is the evolution. This is the growth. But the way he said it last night, I think he was kind of saying, look, we've got the same players as year one here. It's time to regenerate a little bit. That's how I read that. That's how a few of my, of my journalist colleagues read that as well, which was very notable. So it was a message to Jeff Shee. It was a message to George Mendes, his mate. It was a message to the recruitment team. It was a message to Fosun. They need to spend. And I think he's probably he's probably looking at the fact that he's had to flog Raul Jimenez for 59 games this season. He's had to flog Jamatinho, who very noticeably was first person off last night this maestro midfielder who creates more chances than anyone in this team. They had to to take him off. 
He wasn't contributing. He touched the ball 22 times, Jackie, last night. 22 times, Jamatino touched the ball. That's incredible. So he's and and Willie Bolly injured, groin, hobbling, struggling. Eighth minute, can't, he did. Can't go off. Can't go off because there's no there's the, the only defender on the bench that can come on his back is Kilman. Great player, but he's like, he barely played. So come on, this is Nuno's message. Yes, amazing season. Yes, like I said, we're going to be positive here. It's been wonderful. They've surpassed my expectations certainly. But this is a club in a hurry to get to the top four, and they need. There's a lot of work to do to get there this summer, and. Um, that squad needs improving. It was very noticeable. He was he was um, quite um, outgoing and sort of defiant on that. Yeah, his quotes were very uh, very pointed compared to what he normally says, which is very, yeah. very little on purpose because he doesn't want to create any headlines. Whereas last night he was happy just to chat and say exactly what he thought. Again, we'll go into all this in greater detail, but just reflecting on the season as a whole, Tim, seventh in the Premier League for a second year in a row, but with the additional 17 games of the Europa League, can you cast your mind back to the beginning of this season? I know it's a very, very long time ago. But when you were coming back from China and you're about to go into that first game against Crusaders and then the first Premier League game, as to what you were thinking would constitute success this season? I thought, I remember saying, Jackie, that uh, if they were to go deep into Europe and with all the qualifiers that were ahead, we knew that was going to take a lot of effort. And pre-season was short last summer. Their break was short last summer. I thought top 10 would be successful. So to finish seventh, to flirt with the Champions League, to be two points off the Champions League with six games to go, I know they've tailed off. Two wins in six to finish was disappointing. Spurs overhauled them. There were seven points ahead of Spurs and Spurs finished above them. That was, yeah, disappointment. They're a bit unlucky with a draw. You know, if they'd got Basel last night, I think we'd be talking about a Europa League semi-final. But hey, them's the breaks. It's a success, as as we mentioned earlier, uh, post Chelsea. You know, more points, more goals, fewer defeats, progress in terms of the team and evolution in terms of Traore, who's become a global star this season, and his improvement has been has been incredible. He's now known known all over the world, isn't he? As as this as who is this player from this the fastest player on earth or whatever? Maybe. Yeah, the human roadrunner. Raul Jimenez, unbelievable progress. He's somehow managed to top his debut season with with more goals, more assists. Ruben Neves has has, has improved this season. Ruben Patricio has added consistency. Connor Cody's been exceptional after a difficult start. There's lots of personal improvements there. And um, yeah, I think I think top ten and to finish seventh, last eight of the Europa League is is a successful season. Let's not forget this is Wolves' greatest team for forty years. They are doing special things and we expect a lot of them. We expect probably too much of them. But really, when you sit back and look at what they've done, it's uh, it's quite remarkable. Three years. Three years. I, I don't think Nuno could have done any more in three years, really. Come on, let's be realistic. From the mid, mid-table championship team to last eight of the Europa League and losing in the 88th minute to Sevilla, I don't think he could have done any more in three years. Now, whether he, whether he can now take Wolves on to Champions League remains to be seen but um but I think with some smart additions and keeping him and keeping the team that they've got that they can do it he's taken them from 15th in the championship with a, a minus four goal difference and 27 points behind Reading in the championship by the way to just three games away 
from the Champions League, which it was a step too far. But when you think of this squad that he started the season with, I think of it as being like a, a wet face flannel. And he has wrung Sorry. every single last drop out of that flannel. Some managers might have just got the excess water out of it with plenty left still in there. But Nuno could not possibly have wrung any more out of that group of players. He's improved them. He's got every ounce of energy he's got them fully focused every single game and not once in that season could any Wolves fan say they look like they weren't bothered they look like they didn't put a no, shift we'll in. look at them last night they're out on their feet last night and they give it everything he he gets that out of them he gives so much energy to this team and, and they give it back you know they adore and respect him hugely and and he loves them in return and yeah he's done special things with this group people like people like Doherty people like Romain Saïs Vinagre last night and and Cody obviously his evolution's been been wonderful. He's done he's done special things. He really has to get to the cusp of a Europa League semi final in three years is it's a miracle. It's a miracle, unbelievable. Hi there, I'm David Ornstein, and I've launched a brand new show on YouTube, Ask Ornstein, where I answer questions from our athletic subscribers. To get your question answered, simply leave a comment at the bottom of my column every Monday and I'll choose my favourites. To watch the show, head over to the TIFO Podcast YouTube channel and a new episode will be up every Tuesday afternoon. Well, let's bring in Michael Kitely now to get a player's perspective as opposed to a fan's or a journalist's perspective on everything that happened in that match against Sevilla and the season as a whole. Hi, Michael. Hi there, you okay? Yes, well, thank you. In the circumstances, give us your perspective on on the match itself last night, first of all. Uh, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm absolutely gutted. Um, you know, I did the game last night and I just felt deflated after, to be honest. I just, I was just, I really felt that Wolves could have gone the next the next step and um, they just come up short, to be honest. They're, on the night, they, they didn't perform as well as they have done this season. Um, and I thought Seville were, were, were the better team. Obviously, the penalties are a massive incident in the game. I think if that goes in, it goes completely you know, differently in the game. I'm absolutely gutted, to be honest. Um, but also proud to be associated with, with Wolves of what they've done this season. I think they've been they've been unbelievable all season, really, but just, just come up short, which is a shame. Well, let's take it back to that key incident, shall we? Because when you look at the bigger picture of the match, there is absolutely no doubting as to who was the better side. I mean, that's not in any dispute. And I think any Wolves fan would, would admit that Sevilla were simply the better team on the night. But you can't discount the fact that things might have been very different had Wolves have gone 1-0 up. Now, the penalty award was correct as probably the highlight of the match from a Wolves perspective was Adama Traore with his uh, trademark run brought down by Diego Carlos. Penalty awarded... Goalkeeper read what he was going to do. He said, I played with him back in uh, five years ago at Atletico Madrid. He knows how he takes his penalties. Anyone who studies him knows how he takes them. So good save by him. But there was a bit more to it than that. Yeah, well, obviously, you know, we speak about VAR and, you know, the encroachment of the defender also the, was the keeper off the line. I think he may have had a part of his foot still on the line. Obviously, Wolves had a, a similar incident in the season um, with, with Man City and Sterling. Um, he had to take a retake penalty. It, I just feel like VAR has just gone against Wolves all season, if I'm honest, um, down to the match at, at Burnley away at the end of the season. And, you know, VAR is there to, to make these decisions. And 
if if things are wrong, then if, if the referee doesn't see it, then they're there to, to step in. And they just don't seem to do that, really, do they? They sort of do it when they want, really. It's just it's so frustrating from a Wolves perspective because, you know, looking at that, there was an infringement and the penalty should have been retaken. Look, at the, at the end of the day, the penalty was missed and it was a... It was a poor penalty for Jimenez's standards. He's normally very good in those situations. I think he did look a little bit nervous and, and maybe he did have that sort of feeling that the keeper knew what he was going to do. Um, but I, I thought for the first 15 minutes, I thought Wolves were actually the better team. I thought they started really well. They had a couple of you know half chances and, and then obviously getting the penalty. And I think if they score that penalty, um, or at least get a chance to take it again and then score it, I think you know they, that would have built you know, a lot of confidence in the team and they could have gone on to win the game. They're very good from from winning positions. Um so it was it was it was a massive moment. Um as we said, you know, after that penalty, um they were second best, but it's it's football I suppose. But it's it's just so frustrating because we have got VAR for there for those those reasons. Peter Walton, a former Premier League referee who was on the BT Sport coverage they noticed it a little bit later on, but at the end of the programme, he said, I'm actually quite amazed the VAR has missed the encroachment because that is very, very clear and an easy decision. Their training should have kicked in. There were two incidents on the penalty. Ruben Neves, in a very good interview with Carrie Brown for being Spores, um, said the VAR was sleeping. I asked the referee about it afterwards and, and he admitted it was a mistake, but of course it's too late by then. I mean, should Wolves fans be dwelling on this or should they be thinking that really it was just a game too far and these players just couldn't find what they needed to, to take this competition even further? You know, I, I don't like to dwell on that. I think as for the referee, I think the referee, is, it's impossible for him to make the decision. He can't look at the keeper and the players encroaching at the same time, it's impossible. And, you know, for me, VAR is there for those reasons. You know, it's not hard to... They're the only two things, you know, with a penalty that VAR have got to look at. Has the keeper moved off his line? Yes or no. And has there been any encroachment? Yes or no. And it, it, it's as simple as that. And it can be done within seconds, um, you know, with the people there working behind the scenes with VAR. And it just doesn't seem to be getting used consistently and that and that's why I find it so frustrating and I just think unless you're going to do that and be consistent with it don't use it and and I've not been a fan of it from the start um, and I'm certainly not a fan of it now especially after last night I just think they should scrap it you know because it, it's not it's literally it's not fair it's not consistent and it's not fair if a referee makes a decision a bad decision or, or he misses something you can say well that's life, that's football, you know, he, he's got a split second to make that decision or see it or not see it. We can deal with that. But when you've got someone sitting there um, watching the game and they can slow-mo it down and, and retake and retake and watch it again and again, and then they still make a, a mistake, I just can't, I just can't get my head around it. And I find it so frustrating. Um, so, yeah, I hope, I hope they scrap it next season. I don't think they will, but I want them to. I think a lot of decisions have gone against Wolves this season. Yeah, I'm feeling a bit daft because I've been so pro-VAR for the right reasons, as in to avoid howlers and to avoid big mistakes in massive competitions. And VAR has still the human element. And when I interviewed the head of World Referees, Pierluigi Colina, about it recently, he said in two years' time it will be so much better because the referees are much more used to it. But these were massive, massive errors. So I don't think it's the technology that's at fault. It's there for the referees who are used to being on a pitch 
to now get used to being in a box and dealing with technology. So you just hope it will get so much better. Tim? If this had happened in the 70th or 80th minute, then we, we could talk about it for hours because it would be it would be such a, a pivotal part of the game. But it was so early on. And Sevilla was so superior to Wolves last night that, um, you know, yes, everything everything Kai's has said is right and Jackie as well. But um, but I'm not sure we can get too hung up on that because, let's be honest, it was a fair result. I mean, Wolves had, Wolves had 24% possession last night. Now, that must be a record. I did try at three in the morning to go through every game under Nuno and see what the possession stats were. But tiredness you beat me. Not. I'm very sorry, <laughs> listeners. But I'm, I can't imagine they've had, they've had fewer than 24% possession in a game under Nuno. They were trying to swim against the tide. Ball wasn't really sticking with Jimenez. The ball certainly wasn't sticking with Traore. But, you know, that's not his game. And I thought Sevilla dealt with him really well after that unbelievable early moment. Kite, so I was just wondering, for me personally, I think any tactics they employed... Any changes he made would have struggled to have changed the flow of the game. And it wasn't because Wolves were trying, were, were going out of their way to be ultra-defensive. I just don't think they had it in them to get up the field and keep possession. I, they just looked out on their feet to me. They looked burned out. It looked a game too far. Do, do you think there's anything they could have done last night? No, I don't. I, th- I think the first goal is so big in, in these types of games. And, and, and I do think that 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 decision and, and and the penalty miss, I, I think it was huge. I think that if if that goes in, the game's completely different. Seville have to come out because I think they wear they, they wore walls down like all night really, and walls did look really tired towards the end. Um, I thought walls defended really well, um, and and I think Seville might have had to come out a little bit more stronger rather than being a bit more patient like they were. Um, and that would have played into Wolves' hands a little bit because Wolves did look dangerous on the on the break in the first half um, with Traore and Jimenez's pace. So I think it would have changed the dynamics of the game massively. Um, but having said that, I thought Seville were the better team. They were very, very good. They've got some really good players. Um, and in the second half, Wolves just couldn't get out, out of their half. And I think that's because of the way that Seville played. And, and they did, they tired them out. They looked, they, as you said, they looked dead on their feet. They've played a lot of games this season. You know, Seville had a lot of possession. Um, like the most I've probably seen against Wolves, to be honest. Um, and just that little bit of lapse of con- concentration at the end when you are tired um, is how they conceded. So I, I don't think tactically Nuno could have done anything different. I did I did wonder whether he maybe would have left Traore on the bench to bring him on last 30 and and give him a real spark last 30. But then he went and won the penalty after 13 minutes. So it's difficult to say. I just think on the night they were beaten by the better team. And I, th- I think Seville will go and give Man United a real good game because they're, they're a really good team. And you've got to be uh, you know realistic about where, where Wolves have, have come and, and what they've done this season because they've been unbelievable. Looking at the official UEFA stats, Michael, on Sevilla's dominance, they had um, goal attempts, Wolves 6, 17 to Sevilla. Uh, Shots on target, 2 for Wolves, 5 to Sevilla. 14 corners they had to Wolves 0. 
and passes completed they have 190 for wolves 624 for severe and their completion accuracy of 91 for severe 82 for wolves and it was as if I mean, everybody knew that wolves weakness coming into this was the fact that they had so little fuel left in the tank so if you are Julian Lopetegui and you are planning this game you are going to be talking about short sharp passes you are going to be talking about trying to tire wolves out as much as possible keep possession as much as possible make them run and in fairness to them that's what they did do you like beer? Do you like free beer? As a valued listener, we'd like to bestow upon you just that. Thanks to our good pals at beer52.com, you have the opportunity to sip eight delicious, painstakingly sourced craft beers from around the world. All you need to do is go to beer52.com forward slash wolves and cover the postage of four ninety five. And as if that wasn't enough, as a listener of the Molyneux View, you'll get two extra free beers. So that's ten free beers by my maths. Beer52 are beer pioneers. They traverse the globe to find the best and most interesting beer from the greatest small batch breweries planet earth has to offer no surprise then that they are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club each month beer 52 delivers a case with a different theme themes have included germany korea belgium south africa california new zealand and many more but they haven't forgotten their roots as an independent uk company beer 52 are also passionate about the uk craft beer scene the beauty of beer 52 is that you can leave any time the powers in your hands as well as the best most interesting beer that money can buy. Your case will include the award-winning craft beer magazine Ferment, which explains the theme and individual beers you'll receive and a beery snack thrown in too, just to top it all off. Don't like dark beers? Then choose the light plan. Easy. Just go to beer52.com forward slash wolves to get your case free. And don't forget right now, Molyneux View listeners get two extra free beers. They did, yeah, they did that. And they, as I said, they wore them out from, from really, I thought that after the penalty, they started playing really well um, and, and keeping the ball. Their fullbacks uh, were very good. They played high and wide and they sort of camped balls into their own box. Um, you know, they had a, a number of corners, as you said, but I, I thought Wolves defended the corners actually really well up until the goal. And, you know, Although they had a lot of possession, they didn't really cut walls open. When they did, when they got in behind a couple of times, they got back and they they intercepted the cross. And I, I thought walls defended you know really well as a team. They just didn't look a threat, did they? Especially in the second half, they really you know looked like they had no energy left. And you know I was just hoping that they could get to extra time and and, and maybe beat them on penalties. Um, and just a word on the goal itself, um, they switched off for it a Campos with a free header after Benega's brilliant cross from the short corner. Um, no chance for Patricio, but Murphy DT has tweeted, Johnny wouldn't have allowed the cross to come in. Vinagra's a great prospect, squad player, but he learned a big lesson last night on the focus required for 90 minutes at the top level. Nuno needs senior support. The club haven't replaced Thelwell adequately. So all manner of points made by Murphy DT in that particular tweet. Is it too simplistic to say that Johnny would have not allowed the cross to come in? Was it psychological tiredness that meant they switched off that late? Yeah, to be honest with you, I don't think Vine- I thought Vinegra had a good game. I don't think he could have done anything for the goal. I don't think if Johnny was there, he wouldn't have stopped the cross. What I was more disappointed with was the fact that they were so deep after taking the short corner. You know, if, if they squeeze sort of five, ten yards, the defence, the player doesn't head it from there. But that's because of the tiredness, and that's what happens when you've been backs against the wall most of the game, and you are tired. You do not forget to do those things, but you just don't do those little things that you would probably normally do. It's not like he's made a, a really good run. He's just standing there and flicks it on and 
and as you said, Patricia um, has no chance. And then after that, there's not enough time for for Wolves to to come back and and, and try and get that equaliser. I think as Kites has as Kites has said, Sevilla pretty much the worst team Wolves could have played in the way that they sort of ran them ragged and were so adept at keeping possession and, and tiring Wolves out. Personally, I think if that game had been played in October, you know, if you remember when Wolves went to the Etihad and they defended a lot that day and didn't see a lot of the ball that day, but they broke with such explosive swagger. You know, they scored two. They should have scored more that day. They didn't really have it in them for that swashbuckling counter-attack last night, which I'm guessing just comes from, you know, the the, the fatigue aspect. If they'd played him in March when they did the same at Spurs, maybe it had been a different, different story. Um, I thought it was interesting with his substitutions that Matinho is the first one that's taken off. You know, he's, he's their their primary chance creator and he's the one that gets taken off first and also Jota doesn't come on until 10 minutes from time second change and I just wonder if we saw a little bit of the of a changing in the guard in that respect you know Matinho was rested at Chelsea on the last day of the season in the league Jota we haven't seen much of recently Kites just to kind of throw it forward I wonder how much you see this team changing in what is going to be a very quick turnaround you know before the start of next season do you see do you see much evolution in this team going forward? Is that is that what this is that what this team needs now if they're going to break into the top six, or or is this current group good enough and they've just run out of steam this year? I'm a little bit worried about next season. If I'm if I'm completely honest, I think the fact that they've done so well this season, there's going to be so many takers for for our top players, um, and it's going to be hard to keep hold of them. Um, you know, over the last few years, Wolves have recruited really, really well, and I have no doubts that they will they will continue to do that. Um, it's just I, I feel like this season was the season where the other big teams around, you know, you know the Man United's weren't as strong, Spurs weren't as strong this year, Arsenal weren't as strong. Like those teams are going to be stronger next year. They're already strengthening now. Um, and I just wonder whether Wolves are going to be able to strengthen. And if, if they lose some, then obviously they're going to be weaker. So it's going to be very, very difficult to try and even get in the top 10, I think. Um, hopefully they can do it and surprise people again, as they have done. Um, the fact that they haven't got European football might help them in, in the league. But then obviously it's going to be a massive blow to, to the players that want to play in Europe. They're, they're going to be looking to to play in Champions League and Europa League. And if they've got teams coming in for them, um, offering them that, then it's going to be hard for them to turn down. Michael, would you like to just apologise to every Wolves fan listening to this podcast? Because they were already quite downbeat when switching on. And now yeah, you on, have Kai. just you have just <laughs> ground them into the ground and they're feeling <laughs> 10 times worse. They thought, oh, silver lining next season. OK, no Europe. Oh, maybe we'll be better in the in the league. Maybe we'll get Champions League by the Premier League. And then maybe we'll win the FA Cup and then it won't be such a bad season. And you've just come and you have just slapped them around the face with a wet fish. I'm, I'm still... I'm still gutted to be honest about the result like I'm still gutted from the Burnley result I was absolutely yeah. fuming about that because I, yeah. I I thought that Wolves had a good chance of finishing fourth and I think if they would have beat Burnley I think they would have finished fourth and um, so I I feel like I actually feel like a proper football fan now and I'm I'm, I'm as gutted as anyone but I'm just just trying to be honest I, I think it's going to be difficult but I think I think Wolves fans have to be realistic and We've come such a long way in the last few years. We should be so proud of what what we've done this season and and, and last season. Um, but I don't want them to be 
you know what football's like. If they don't start the season as as well, and people start saying, "Oh, Nuno's taking us as far as he can," and all of a sudden they start asking for changes, and let's be realistic a little bit here. You know, it might take a season for Nuno to rebuild a little bit if he loses a couple, and you know, let's just let's try and be patient, and because you, know, you know, Wolves are thinking now oh, Champions League, we want Champions League, but to even be saying that is 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 unbelievable, really, when you think about. The teams that are in the Premier League that are spending, you know, silly amounts of money, and Wolves haven't really haven't really done that. They've built their team with from from the start, really, with with Nuno making them better and better season on season. So I know I, know I sound downbeat, but we've also got to be um, realistic and 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 also be very proud of what we've done in the last couple of years because I I, I certainly feel very proud and um, you know to to be talking about Wolves in Europa League quarterfinals is, is, is unbelievable. And we need to remember that because um, that can get forgotten very quickly if we don't start well next season. We are we are downbeat and the fans the fans are gutted and imagine how the players are feeling right now. And they're, and they're going to have, what, 10 days off now to just sit and ruminate on it. And as a player, Kites, there is only 30 days till we all start again, you know, there's going to be no pre-season to speak of. Wolves didn't really have a pre-season last season either. With no European football to sort of look forward to, no fans at the game still. Are they going to have? Are they going to have an issue kind of um, pressing that reset button very quickly and lifting themselves? I mean, I, 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 Jackie, looking at your face on Zoom, here, I think we're going to struggle to lift ourselves <laughs> for thirty days' time. What, 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 what about the players? Is it a bit of a concern that there's such a, a quick turnaround? Yeah, it's going to be very, very difficult. Um, to be honest, I don't know how they're going to do it because they must be so knackered from the amount of games that they've played. Um, not just physically, but mentally. You know, Wolves have been mentally really on it all season, every game. You know, they're very well drilled the way that they play. You know, they've kept so many clean sheets, so that means their concentration has been so, so good. Um, so I, I think it will be really hard, but looking at the way that Nuno is and the way that he goes about his business, I, I think they'll just take it in their stride has, as they have done all season and the season before. Obviously, the turnaround's quick for, for everyone. Um, obviously, Man United is still in, in Europa League, so they're going to have an even you know, quicker turnaround. And I, I just think Wolves will take it in their stride. I, I, just, I just hope that they can keep hold of their players. If they can keep hold of all their players and add a couple, um, then there's no reason why they can't compete with you know, the European spots because, you know, they showed this season, you know, went away, as you said, to City and beat them pretty easily, really, um, away at Spurs. I went to the Spurs game and they were miles better than Spurs. So, you know, just because we're out of this competition and we've got no European football doesn't mean that we're not going to have a good season next season. It's just so important to try and keep hold of those players and, and go again. And if, if we can do that, and, and as I said, add a couple of good players because we have got a small squad why can't they? Why can't they get into the Champions League? You know, there's no, there's no reason why they can't if they've proved to people that they're a good side, and you know, if they if they strengthen, then then why not? So let's hope that they do that, and let's 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 try and be positive and be proud of what what they've done this season because the players deserve all the credit in the world, and as as does the manager. Michael Kitely, thank you very much for coming on the Molyneux View. Thanks for having me. So we know that Wolves have exited the Europa League 383 days after that 
2-0 victory over Crusaders at Molyneux. But if you actually include the China pre-season tour, it's 391 days and 61 games that they've played. And now they have a gap of four and a half weeks or 32 days between seasons. That's actually between matches. So there's all the preparation that goes into it. You mentioned, Tim, they have just 10 days off. Is that right? 10 days off? Is that including travel back from Germany? At least at least 10 days. What day is it? What day is it today? What day is it today? Uh, oh, it's, no we- <laughs> it's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. Is it? Excellent. <laughs> oh well God. done, you. It's Wednesday. Uh, they're flying home uh, almost as we speak, I think, Wednesday lunchtime. And yeah, off straight away. At least 10 days. Um, so at least until sort of the following weekend and then maybe a little bit more. I think they're still deciding on their schedule for the next month. I mean, as you say... For a football club that prides itself on its meticulous preparations, I mean, <laughs> they've been dealt a bad hand here. I mean, the Premier League season finished uh, a little while ago now, it feels like. So other teams have already jumped the gun on Wolves. Other teams are already having or have finished their holidays and will be thinking about coming back to pre-season training soon. That's the last thing that Wolves want to do, pre-season training. Equally, on September the 12th, they're going to have uh, an intense Premier League match. I mean, they, you know, they could be playing. They could be playing the Baggies in in a Oof. month's time. You know, they've got to be up for that one, Jackie. Um, so it's going to take all of their skill in terms of preparation, detail, sports science, nutrition, recovery. They're exceptional at that. I back them to find a way. I do. You know, they had two months off lockdown for whatever. No, come on, that was not a holiday. Being confined to your home. Perhaps in a country you don't want to be in is not a holiday. It's yeah, not a with mental. With weights, doing all the running, everything they had to do, their program because they didn't know when they were Phys- coming back. Physically, they lost weight as a squad, um, so they were still working hard physically. But mentally, come on, they had they have not had a break for a long time. You mentioned China, that adds eleven thousand miles onto a clock that reads about thirty five thousand this season. Thirty five thousand miles travelled. China, Europe, domestic, that is ridiculous. With the smallest squad in the league, come on. These guys need a break and Nuno has to have a little think for if he's still a man- their manager in a year's time and they're back in the Europa League or they're back in the Champions League, I think they need to have a bit of a rethink about their squad depth because I know he loves his 18-19 man squad but I think that's almost what's cost them really in the last few weeks. Um, they were two points off the Champions League with six games to go. They've dropped off. They scraped by against Olympiacos. They were lucky to win that game. And then um, they just couldn't really lay a glove on Sevilla, you know, in that second half last night at all. This is not criticism. This is just fact. I am the biggest fan of what Nuno has done and what Wolves have done this season, but they just ran out of steam. That's all. So um, they need to have a little bit of think about that. Yeah, and of course, it's not just about the players, is it? Nuno's got to start thinking about next season as well. He needs to switch off mentally, otherwise he'll be completely drained. But he does have to plan for next season. He needs to talk to the hierarchy about recruitment. I mean, presumably they have plans in place on that front. And you would hope it's a case of just acting on those plans that are already there. But he does need a break himself. He needs to see his family at some stage as well. I mean, we mustn't forget the human element of all this. Yeah, exactly. He hasn't seen his family since since May. And... It's not even going to be easy to see your family in the next few weeks because if you've got a quarantine for two weeks when you come back, you know there are lots of issues there that Wolves need to resolve. Are people allowed to go to Portugal? Um, if they're going to have to quarantine for two weeks when they come back, is that going to impact on their on their pre-season training schedule? So lots of things to think about. And recruitment, you've touched on there, and you know I'm sure we'll discuss this more in our next pod, but 
but they've got to make some savvy additions in the transfer market this summer. You know, they really do. Yeah, this is more of a reflection podcast on going out the Europa League. We will do a full season review podcast on Monday due to being your inboxes on Tuesday morning. Steve Herman asked, despite it getting Wolves this far, do you think Nuno needs to change his philosophy in using a small squad in order to move up to the next level? If so, how many additions do you think Wolves need? I'm saying that they needed more squad depth this season, but that's his way. That's what he likes. That's how he works. It's backed up by this incredible uh, medical team that cuts down on their injuries. And, you know, we must say, must wish a speedy recovery to Johnny Castroato. A very rare injury the other day. It was roughly six months, maybe longer with, with an ACL. You know, they didn't miss him too much last night. As Kite said, I thought Vinagre did pretty well, to be honest. But, um, but there's no depth there beneath Vinagre, is there? No. There's no depth there, and there's no depth behind Doherty either. And they need a Martinho successor. They need a Jimenez backup. They need a Jimenez replacement if he goes. What I, what I, what I would just say, I know people are going to be very worried about players leaving. These guys sacrificed, a lot of them sacrificed Champions League football to come to Wolves. Either in the Championship, that's Nuno, that's Neves, Bolly, Jota, all sacrificed Champions League football to come to the Championship to Wolverhampton. You know, this. I'm sorry, Jack. I know. Sorry, sorry, Jackie. You live in Cotswold. and Tetnell are lovely. All right, <laughs> I'll just keep saying that. A lot of them sacrificed Champions League football. You know, for for the Championship, and and they built into this project. And you know, they left Benfica and Atletico Madrid and, and Porto to join a, an unfashionable club in the West Midlands. Who are, who are building a long-term project to get into the Champions League, but nobody's expected it to happen yet. So they believe in this. They believe in Nuno. They believe in each other. And Nuno's spoken a lot about the bonds that they've forged in the last few weeks. And, you know, I've written about that and how, how they've created this this mini mini community in, in Technol and Compton. And my point is, they're, they're not going to be banging on Nuno's door saying, get me out of this club. They're not. I'm not saying no one's going to leave. And if, if a big offer comes in for Jimenez, age 29... There's a there's a decision to be made there, and it may be a sensible one to to sell him for massive money. Traore as well. Um, Jackie, you give me the eyes. I don't like it. You give me the eyes. Because of what it would take, replacement wise. Oh, you just. I know. As long as they're identified replacements. Minutes. Yeah, yeah, you can absolutely. Do all those facets of his game. But anyway, yeah. But and 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 Nuno as well. Again, just to say, people worried about him leaving. You know, he he cares so much and and he he wasn't talking like it was the end last night he's thinking about leaving or moving on i'm i'm not suggesting that that's going to happen at all this summer but you know he was talking about going again he was talking about it's his duty to 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 start rebuilding and there's lots of work for him to do this summer and lots for him to analyze and look at so if you'd put me on the spot and say you know a lot of these guys are going to leave I, I i would i would say no personally um i think they're attached to this club and i think we'll get uh, at least another season out, out of the vast majority Nuno's actual quote after the game, now we need to make good decisions so we cannot make mistakes like we did today. We need more players that can help us before going on to give a message to the fans back in Wolverhampton. We miss them. Everything could be different with their presence. The pandemic didn't allow us to be together. But for sure, the future is bright for us. And he ended his interview with a massive smile. So you would hope from that that he intends to sort this contract out. And Jolien Lescott and BT made the point that it is a priority for him to sign that contract because if he's signing other players, they're not going to want Nuno to just leg it sometime no. into his season. And there's no suggestion he's going to go, by the way. But it is just that thing that's just hanging over him and the club. 
it is it is hanging, but Bielsa's out of contract this summer. Um, Guardiola's out of contract next summer. That's not going to stop Man City signing players this summer. It's it's an issue, but I I I, I don't think it's as it's as big a one as some people make out. I think um, as long as he's happy and committed, then then he'll he'll stay, and they'll pay him they'll pay him whatever he wants. Anything else to report, Tim, before we wrap up this podcast? Uh, we should just touch on the FFP bombshell. It was briefly last last week that dropped on Friday. I think it was. About five o'clock, that yeah, um, Wolves have come to an agreement or a settlement with UEFA after breaching FFP rules. Doesn't sound great, but when you look into it, they've been done because um, they've qualified for Europe too soon, really. Um, UEFA, whenever a club qualifies for Europe, UEFA looks at their accounts for the immediate previous three years. So Wolves qualified for Europe in 2019, which meant that UEFA looked at their accounts from 2016, which when Foson bought the club, to 2019, which is the end of their first season in the Premier League. And over that period, Wolves cannot make a loss of more than £27 million over three years. Now, for people who remember, in their two championship seasons out of those three years, Wolves made massive losses in the championship they made a loss of about 20 million in the first season they made a huge loss of about 55 million in their promotion season 20 million of that was was bonuses to to players and staff for actually reaching the premier league so they had really no no chance and no hope of of, of passing this um uefa threshold however you can't really call it bad accounting because they weren't thinking about qualifying for europe when they were in the championship I don't think they're actually too upset about it in the in the corridors at Molyneux. They almost kind of see it as, I don't know, sort of almost a badge of honour. You know, this we're, we've been too successful too quickly. Um, and the fine is minuscule, about 600k. They would have had to have named a 23-man squad in Europe next season instead of 25. But that's not an issue now, obviously. But also they, do, they need to break even over the next three years to satisfy UEFA's requirements. They made a decent profit last season. I expect them to make a profit this season. So I don't think it'll be an issue and I don't think it'll impact on transfers, which is the most important thing. Okay. Thank you, Tim. Safe journey home. Cheers, Bab. Cheers, Bab. Cheers, Bab. We'll, we'll, it, we'll, it's, been a, it's been a bit of... Um, we've been mourning, mourning the exit, but next, next Monday I'll be very positive, I think, looking at the season as a whole. We will indeed be more positive. Let's reconvene on Monday then after I've been camping for a weekend. <laughs> Well, you're in the best place now because the last thing you want to do is watch that semi-final wishing it was Wolves. But, exactly, um, but it's my husband's birthday and he's a Man United fan and he's talking about wanting to come back early, oh, no. which I thought only applied oh, if no, Wolves no. went through. But now he's saying, oh, but I want to watch the game. So we'll have to see about that. But we will be back on Monday. We'll be... Uh, We'll be reading your work in the meantime. If you want to catch up on Tim's excellent insight and analysis, so much colour from that Europa League exit, theathletic.co.uk forward slash Wolves pod. And we'll be back on your regular podcast platform on Tuesday morning. In the meantime, do send us your thoughts and your questions. We're here for you on Twitter for anything you might want to vent about. Bye for now. 